The text for our sermon for giving thanks to God for the life of Paul is from the psalm that we read, Psalm 40. In particular, these verses. I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined to me and heard my cry. He drew me up from the pit of destruction out of the miry bog and set my feet upon a rock, making my steps secure. He put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. Ursula, Paul Jr., Ray, Jeff, and Jenny, family and friends, members of Emmanuel Lutheran Church, God's grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Paul chose the hymns for us today, but the readings I chose, and in particular Psalm 40, because it really reminded me of Paul. We'll hear a little bit more about that. It reminded me of Paul's life here at Emmanuel. Many of you have known him for much longer than I have. For what, seven, six, seven years, I've known Paul and Ursula, maybe even more, who knows. Last, year, last three years have been a blur. But I know Paul was a great man, and I thank God for knowing him. And I can certainly understand why there's so many of you here today. Ursula, you told me so many times over these last couple years how Paul didn't complain, how he didn't nag, how he never made a big fuss, even with such a heavy cross that our Lord had seen fit to give him. Well, I, I guess maybe over the last couple of weeks, you were a little disappointed with the fuss he made at the garage door at 2, two o'clock in the morning <laughs> when he was trying to get in the house because he didn't want to stay in the hospital or at the rehab facility. He knew where he wanted to be. He wanted to be home. And now he is. But Paul, like so many great men, Paul was a rock. Paul was a rock because as we hear the psalmist David in Psalm 40 say, you have put my feet upon the rock. Paul was built upon Jesus Christ, the rock. Paul could be steadfast. Paul could suffer whatever the Lord had seen fit to afflict him with, and he didn't lose his faith. Paul endured because he knew that Christ suffered and endured the cross for his sake to assure Paul of his salvation, to promise Paul that everything's going to be okay. Even in the face of death, Paul was a rock because he was built upon Jesus Christ. One of the last times I visited you and Paul, Ursula, was when I was able to bring you the Lord's Supper. We had a short service. We confessed our sins to God and one another. We received the absolution of Jesus. We received the body and blood of Jesus, the bread of heaven that we hear from John chapter 6 today. Paul hungered for forgiveness. Paul desired mercy. Paul wanted eternal life. Paul took Jesus' words from John 6 today seriously. Jesus said, my father gives you true bread from heaven. 
For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Paul knew he needed that life. And when I left you and Paul that day, I'll never forget, I looked deep into his eyes as I was leaving, and I saw something I hadn't seen in a, in a while. Big old smile. Paul was ready to receive whatever the will of his Lord would be. And we prayed, thy will be done. And Paul knew, though, that even though it seemed like life was leaving his body, every treatment, every wound that wouldn't close, every transfusion, every chemo treatment, even though it seemed as if life was getting more and more difficult to hold on to, he knew that life itself, Jesus Christ our Lord, was holding on to him. Paul lived by faith, and now, now our brother Paul does not just live by faith, but now he knows for certain that Jesus Christ has saved him. Now, in the short time I knew Paul here at Emmanuel, goodness, I'm calling seven years a short time. I must be getting old. In the short time I knew Paul and Ursula here at Emmanuel, one thing I know we will all remember about our brother Paul is how he was always in the choir. Between him and Joe Northcutt, the men of our congregation were well represented. In a time where singing is somewhat seen and as, as embarrassing in public, these men, including Paul, they sang of God's mercy like kings like kings who have come back from a valiant victory, knowing and singing of the victory that Jesus Christ has over death. These men, Paul, our brother, sang, like King David, the author of our psalm today. Like the sons of Korah, expert warriors, but also writers of the, the church's first hymnal, the book of Psalms. This is why I chose Psalm 40 today to give thanks to God for the blessings that he gave us through our brother Paul as he sang to us all those Sundays, all those Easter's, all those days our brother Paul. He did what David sings of the end of our psalm. I did not hide in my heart what the Lord has done for me. Paul sang it out, and we were blessed. Psalm 40 at the beginning, though, also reminds me of your and Paul's life, where the psalmist starts and says, I waited patiently on the Lord. That was kind of part of y'all's life these last couple years. Waiting on appointments, waiting on treatments, tests, waiting. Waiting on what seemed like the inevitable. When God would either heal Paul by a miracle, that's what we prayed for, we saw one, a couple of years earlier, or we prayed that God would finally take our brother Paul to be with him. I waited patiently for the Lord and he heard my cry. You and Paul perhaps didn't sing this psalm, but you know exactly what David was expressing in this psalm. I waited patiently for the Lord. Now I think I can say on, for myself, but also for many of us here, in our own lives, 
Now, we can say, I waited on the Lord, but the patiently part? The patiently part is sometimes pretty hard. But you see, David doesn't say the Lord answered his problem immediately, right away. David said he had to wait. But as he waited, he knows the Lord helped him. The Lord set his feet upon a rock. The Lord blessed David with faith. Our brother Paul had to wait on the Lord. Not just these last few years of suffering, but Paul was waiting on the Lord his entire life, like I think many of us. He too, like you and me, he was a sinner and he knew the world is not how God has ordered it. Something has gone wrong, terribly wrong. Because of sin, the devil, our world does not want to wait on the Lord. The devil tempts us to take, to grab, to not wait. Why not have what should be yours? Adam and Eve, they didn't wait on the Lord, but they took the fruit. Moses didn't wait on the Lord, but he hit the rock instead of preached. Israel didn't want to wait on the Lord. They wanted to go back to Egypt. David didn't want to wait on the Lord, and he took Bathsheba. We don't want to wait on the Lord either. Paul suffered from the same temptations you and I do. Paul lamented to me the frustrations he had. He wasn't always ready to wait and be patient. Things at church would frustrate him. He was the head elder and ushers not being reliable and all the other difficulties that come with organizing volunteers. But Paul knew he was a sinner. Paul knew he needed others to be patient for him. Especially you, his wife, Ursula. And you, the family of Paul. So unfortunately, that's how it is. Our family, the ones we know closest, we also know their sins the most. But Paul confessed every Sunday that he was a poor, miserable sinner. Paul knew he needed the Lord's patience. He needed the Lord to deliver him, what does the psalmist say, from the miry bog of his sin. And Paul knew that Jesus does just that. Paul, when he sang in the choir, how many times he sang of Jesus' love and mercy and rescue for sinners just like him. Paul was not silent about his faith. Paul was not shy. He did, as David said in verse 9, I have told the glad news of deliverance in the great congregation. Behold, I've not restrained my lips. I've not hidden your deliverance within my heart. This coming week, we're going to wait on the Lord in a special way. This coming week is Holy Week. The holiest of weeks for the Christian church, where we take ourselves back to the trial crucifixion, death and resurrection of Jesus on Easter. We put ourselves into God's word, especially the events before the week of Jesus' passion. This Sunday will be Palm Sunday where Jesus enters Jerusalem. And what does Jesus do? He waits. For while we're not good at waiting, we're pretty miserable at it. Jesus, he waited. 
Jesus knew exactly what would be coming that week. He knew his cross was looming. He knew what it meant to be in Jerusalem at the time of the Passover. The Passover lamb dies. Jesus, the lamb of God, waited patiently for God's will to unfold for his life. And while we hear David writing and singing Psalm 40, Jesus, the word made flesh, he patiently waited for his death. His death on the cross, whereby his stripes, Paul was healed. So Psalm 40 isn't just a psalm that Paul or you or I sing or even David. Psalm 40 is fulfilled in Jesus. He waited patiently, perfectly, sinless. For Jesus is the only one who can truly say, I waited patiently for the Lord. And he did. Jesus was willing to even die rather than not be patient, waiting on his Father to deliver him so he could deliver us. What a glorious God we have. So he could raise us up from our pit of sorrows, so he could lift us up from death. Even now we hear, I forgive you. While Jesus in the miry bog of death, he patiently waited three days and he was raised. Death was defeated. Jesus raised for our justification. And if you pay attention to the psalm, if you notice where David changes from first person singular to plural, this is where the psalm and the life of, the, of Jesus becomes evident for us. Jesus and David and us, we all say, You have multiplied, O Lord my God, your wondrous deeds and your thoughts toward us. David here is teaching us that his rescue that he's singing in Psalm 40 is not the final rescue he's singing about. He's singing about the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, that we are rescued from sin, death, and sadness, even when it appears as if death is winning, even as David himself knew his sins. Yet he also knew his his deliverance was not a unique event for God's people. God's mighty acts of salvation are not just a part of his history, but God still intervenes now in the lives of his people to save them. The psalmist says, I will sing. He put a new song in my mouth. After the deliverance through the Red Sea, Moses and the Israelites, they sang a song in Exodus 15, a song of deliverance as a testament to God's rescue. Now in Psalm 40, David sees that song in Exodus 15. He sings of the deliverance of God again and again, a replay of the crossing of the Red Sea. David sings a new song. Our brother Paul, as he's welcomed into the arms of Jesus, he hears something very familiar to him. He hears the singing of that same new song. That song that he sang here so many times, a song of deliverance. But now our brother Paul sings with choirs of angels and archangels and all the hosts of heaven, singing of Jesus' forgiveness. Paul sings not of the waters of rescue in the Red Sea, but Paul sings that God brought him through the waters of baptism where all his enemies, sin, death, and the power of the devil were drowned. So, 
let us continue to be led by our brother Paul. And all of our loved ones who have died in the faith and are now day and night singing a new song to the Lord, as Revelation tells us, let us now and every day sing of God's mercy in Christ Jesus. See Paul as an example for you to stand as kings, for Jesus is king of kings. That we sing the song of victory, for he has delivered our brother Paul from the pit. And we wait patiently to see our own salvation, where we will see our brother Paul again. And he will be singing that song we've heard him sing every Sunday. Alleluia, Christ is risen. I have a tradition here that I read the obituary for our brother Paul. If you turn to page 12, you can follow along. And forgive me if I mispronounce names or cities. Paul Ronald Kramer was born on November 9, 1942 in Lansdale, Pennsylvania to Roscoe and Irma Kramer. He was born again of the water and the word at, age of not, at the age of nine years old. Titus 3, 5, he saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit. He was joined in holy matrimony to Ursula J. Richter on October 26, 1963, Psalm 17. Unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. Paul was an avid reader, making him a spelling champ in the national spelling competition. He also was a do-it-yourselfer around the house. As he grew older, he loved computers, which eventually was his career for life. He worked for various corporations, which later brought him to Texas to work for Exxon in Dallas. Proverbs 16, commit your work to the Lord and your plans will be established. Paul was a faithful and active member of Emmanuel Lutheran Church, Fairview, Texas, there he regularly confessed his sins and received the body and blood of Christ for the forgiveness of his sins, 1 Corinthians 11. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Paul sang in the choir, served with the trustees, and was head usher, organizing ushers for service in God's house, Psalm 122. I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Paul is survived by his spouse of nearly 60 years. Ursula, Proverbs 19, house and wealth are inherited from fathers, but wealth, but a prudent wife is a gift from the Lord. Together they were blessed with two wonderful sons, Paul R. Kramer and wife Ray, and Jeffrey Kramer and wife Jenny. Truly a gift of our heavenly father. He also was the proud grandfather of four grandchildren, Sarah Kramer Strobel, Joshua Kramer, Matthew Kramer, and Samuel Kramer, and one great-granddaughter, Tabia Kramer Strobel. Psalm 127, Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord, the fruit of the womb, a reward. For the last seven years, he fought his cancer with all his strength, knowing that the Lord has defeated all illness, Isaiah 53. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, and by his wounds we are healed. His body weakened, yet his faith remained constant, and so did his love for family. Ursula also mentioned how Paul insisted that they have a swimming pool at their house in McKinney, so family, so family would visit. 
On March 13, 2023, by the grace of our Heavenly Father, Paul was released from his suffering to be with all the saints who await the resurrection. Return to your rest, O my soul, for the Lord hath dealt bountifully with you. Psalm 116. Paul was thankful to God for the many blessings in his life. And every time I saw Paul, every time I visited him with a pastor, hospital visits and whatnot, of course, he was thankful most of all for his family.